Raise your hand. Raise your hand. All right, step out in the aisle, please. Just go ahead and step out in the aisle. Hallelujah. You're proclaiming Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And today is a day you will receive absolute power of God in your life to walk through and in your healing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everyone say it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Say this. I am healed. Say it again. I am healed. Now, what you need to do is you need to express your gratitude to God and just shout, say, Hallelujah! Amen! Amen! God's blessing on you. You may be seated. Oh, man. God is doing something very unique in this world. With all the stuff going on in this world, I call it chaos, confusion. Chaos and confusion, the author is Lucifer, is Satan. Our God is the God of truth. And if you're watching online, watching on your TV podcast, whatever. God bless you, and I want you to understand Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. Amen. I need to, uh, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me all week. Last night an anointing came all over me, and I began praying, and and, uh, I basically wrote for next year, a whole message that's going to last about eight weeks, last night. And I did it in about an hour. I wish he'd do that all the time. Then I wouldn't have to work so hard. But here's, here's what I want to convey to you in love today. I want you to recognize is we are in this wonderful summer season with this wonderful heat. And... Uh, it can be unbearable at times. We're in seasons uh, where a lot of people take vacations, and all of that is great. But I want you to learn how to Sabbath all year round. I want you to learn to be able to rest in the things of the Lord. You, you may rest or you go on vacation, you go to Hawaii, you go wherever you go. I want you to learn Sabbath. I want you to learn spiritual, the spiritualness of vacation. And that is the very reason, and I want to just give you the culture of the times that we uh, do not have our Sunday evening services. And we have that three months out of the year. And the very meaning of why we do that is to create an atmosphere and a culture where you Sabbath, where you dig deep with God. Not only that, that you honor your family, that you gather together with your family. Not only that, that you would gather with one another at a restaurant, at your home, that you have a barbecue and invite two or three uh, families from the church that you've gotten to know, or maybe you don't know. And, and you invite them over, and you spend that Sunday evening with people. And you don't have to have a Bible study. You don't have to have a, a, a prayer group. Uh, but if that's what you do, great. Praise the Lord. Do it. But the reality is, is that we need to, as a church, and I'm talking about a universal church all over the world, we need to learn how to Sabbath. We need to learn how to create a culture in our lives whereby we rest in God. And I've taught you on Sabbath. I'm going to teach it again next year because it's so important, not only to you, but it's very important to God. He created Sabbath for you and me. So um, it's not a particular season of the year. It is a lifestyle. 
of resting in the Lord. And with my personality, I had to have uh, mentorship when I was younger in ministry to really show me that importance, the importance of family, the importance of that time of Sabbath and of rest. Because what we will do, because our hearts are huge for the kingdom, and that when we have the love of God in our hearts, that we love people, and we're constantly doing, doing, doing. And let me just say this, the statement that uh, another one of my mentors always would say, he said, God is not as concerned of what you're doing. He's more concerned of what you're becoming. And what God is speaking into you and being able to rest. And, and I'm, I'm a person, I love what I do. I love to work. I, I enjoy the, the, basically even the stresses of what I do because I know I'm walking in the anointing of God and through the stresses of life and the difficulties of life, I can rest in those, but see the power of God and be so focused on the things that I do. You do that with your businesses in the marketplace. But I, I want to encourage you that rest is not just taking a nap and watching a ball game. I love watching sports. I played sports. I played high-level sports. I enjoy it. And if I could, I'd still play some of the sports, hockey and things that I played when I was younger. But here's, here's, here's my point. At Valley Community Church, we are a family. And as the pastor, a father-like one, my concern is for my family that you literally walk in the fullness of faith, in the fullness of works, that you work hard. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. And so God is for working. But I'm also wanting you to be able to Sabbath. And I've learned through the years, in my Sabbath, I can still do kingdom work. What do I mean by that? There's a season where I rest and I sit and I listen and I pray and I draw closer to the Lord. But there's also a season of rest that I go out in the backyard and I do some work in my backyard. And um, I'm able to do the things. I'm also able to be in church. I've learned, I used to always, because of the time frame of being in ministry, you get five weeks, literally five weeks of, of vacation. But for decades, I didn't take five weeks because I felt guilty of taking five weeks. Because a lot of people in the congregation don't have five weeks. So if they don't have five weeks, then why should I have five weeks? You see how my mindset was? It was guilt, condemnation. That came from the, from the pit of hell. So I, I've learned to take the time off. I've learned to be able to get the work done, to be able to be there and not just be missing because I've got to take a vacation or I've got to take time off. I'm saying all that because the culture that we could move back into is in August when we don't have Sunday evening is that we lose the culture of being at Bible study. We lose the culture of, of being with one another and ministering to one another in the family time on Sunday night with, with the, the youth and the children and the adults in the sanctuary. And, and so it's like we, we bounce from one thing to another. As the next, uh, today and next week, <clears throat> we're going to be talking about, again, love conveyed, and, and I'm going to show you uh, worship. I'm going to show you uh, this reality of worship and really the, the fullness of what worship is. It's not just us here, what we just did, which hasn't this been awesome? You know, our worship team is just really... Uh, pulled us into a greater level of worship and and of just conveying our love to the Lord. That's really what worship is. But I want you to really grasp a hold of what we've been teaching, and then we're going to move in a series on grace 
And in the series on grace, I'm going to show you what God really did. Oh, but I know, Pastor, I'm born again. I've been in church. I'm going to show you in the teaching on grace what God really did for you to the point that, you you know those times I've been there, you know, and uh, we fight it. You know those times you feel unappreciated? You feel like life, you know, God, what are you doing? You know, how come you're allowing this to happen? And you get frustrated, get angry, and and all the different things. Um, When we understand grace, that is something we will laugh at. That emotion we will laugh at because we really understand what God did for us through grace. And we just receive it by faith. Okay, I'm not going to teach that series now. But let's talk about giving of thanks. Love conveyed, giving of thanks. In this series, again, we're really talking about worship. And, and I want us to slowly dive into this part because I want you to understand this is a spiritual truth uh, today and next week is when you begin to not just understand, but it becomes revelation that you understand how to live it. You understand how to walk in it. Um, it, it will change everything. It really will. And I, I'm just so excited because what God has done in the last couple of years, um, and then what I'm sensing in the next few years, it's really going to be powerful. Your dreams, your, the vision that you have for your life, or if you're struggling with one, it will come, it will become clear. And you're going to begin to realize that it's so much bigger. It's so much bigger than you're even dreaming. God has such great plans for you and your future. But we need to recognize what he did in our past and what he's doing now in our lives, preparing us for that future. Our future in heaven has already been established. I didn't talk about when we get to heaven. I'm talking about our future on earth in heaven. It's already been established. It's our revelation of it that will bring it into this earth and his covenant will just absolutely explode in your lives. So we've been talking about what the love of God produces, that love coming in us because we become born again. And now it begins to produce some things and we realize that really the love of God produces a a worship, a a life's worship is, is literally love conveyed. It is an expression. It's expressing our love, our heart, what we feel to God. That's what worship is. It is, remember, we talked about the church. We're connecting with God. When you come to church, church becomes church because you connect with God. Church is church because there is a time that you are literally seeking and you sense the presence of the Lord. And all of that begins, and that's why we have we've made the transition in our services to really make a, a, a point towards worship and then the Word right after that immediately, nothing in between, because that's where God moves from worship to Word. And you see in, in Scripture, when Jesus healed, uh, it was either uh, there was a, a great worship towards God And he would teach the word of God and miracles would take place. Or you would see a thanksgiving of worship that would come back. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about a story of someone that came back and worshiped Jesus. In Luke 17, uh, it is a story where it talks about the 10 lepers. And in this story, um, I, I saw some things and you know, here, here's where I'm at. I, I really try to um, connect things to what God is saying to me as I, I look at all, I read a lot of things during journaling and my daily time that I'm in Scripture. And sometimes I'll read a, a story and I'll say, oh, that will connect with this. 
And, and God says, I don't want to use that story. I want to use this story. So that's what happened here. And so today our title is Giving of Thanks. Giving thanks is a large part of our worship, our love to God. And let me just say this, is people struggle with worship because they really don't know what they're thankful for. They, because they really, they love church, they love God, they're born again, they're going to heaven. But they really don't know the cost of it. They really don't know what God did and how they, and we see in the story that people really didn't know except one. And because he got the revelation of what, who Jesus really was, he comes back. And he thanks Jesus for the healing that took place. So let's read this. We find it in Luke 17. Let's begin with verse 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And today and next week, we'll explain afar off. Verse 13, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And so it was that they went. I'm going to read it the way it says. As they went, they were cleansed. In obedience of what he said to do, even though we're going to find out nine really didn't understand fully the fullness which didn't bring worship in their heart, they still were cleansed and healed because of obedience to the Word of God. Verse 15, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God. See, what we did today was scriptural. Verse 16, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And then it says, and he was a Samaritan. So my thought here, and I'll say it probably a couple times in this teaching today, probably the nine were Jewish, not, not against the Jewish, but they were Jewish, and the one that came and worshipped was Gentile. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this, notice the term, foreigner? So let's, let's transpose this. Let's, let's bring this. Okay, we're talking about... Uh, Old Testament, of course, I know it's, it, it's you know, the, the book of Luke in the New Testament. But he's talking to people, most people that are Old Testament uh, people who, who know what it says, all right? Who know God. They're God's people, God's chosen people. So let's transpose it and say, now, in this story, he's really talking to the church. He's talking to us. So... All of the church didn't come back and worship. But the one that was outside the church, because he recognized who he was and what he did, he came back and was thankful and worshiped. Verse 19, and he said to him, arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. By the way, the Greek word for made you well is sozo. This word means saved you. It is the same Greek word you find in Romans chapter 10, verse 13. You don't need to turn to there. But it says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Same word, sozo. <clears throat> to be made well or to be made whole. Whole. 
So he says this guy gets healed physically, but then he comes and expresses his thankfulness to the Lord and falls down and worships him. And Jesus says, your faith has saved you or made you completely well physically and spiritually. So in essence, what happened there is the man came back and got born again. So hold on to there because he was specific of using this word sozo and he was specific and made you whole physically and spiritually. And he said, because of your faith, you've been born again. Out of grace through faith, we're born again. All right, so let's continue. This is an amazing passage. It's something that we can really learn, that I really learned from this. And it changed me years ago. This one guy conveys his love to the Lord. Now, I know every one of us in this church and you watching is you want to be a person of love, conveying that love to God. You want to be a worshiper. Having a life that conveys our love to God. Because sometimes we say, let's worship, and we don't know what worship means. Or how worship manifests from us. Of course it's a choice. Of course it's a choice to come and to gather together in a worship or in your car or in your living room, whatever. Of course, it's a choice to do that. But I want you to understand there's something that takes place when you are made whole that brings about a revelation of who you are. You, once you're born again, you become a worshiper. And from there, that worship, being a worshiper, there's something that begins to be conveyed, and that's where the struggle is in the body of Christ, holistically. So, what caused this guy, one guy, who wasn't even God's people, to convey his love and worship God? So, I'm a bottom line person, and so my you know, God always, he probably chuckles at me. I'm sure he does. I, I would say, okay, what's the formula? What's the track we need to go on to get there? Because I'm just, bottom line, I'm a coach. I'm, you know, I, I've learned all the different things. So what's the bottom line that we follow? So I, I saw more than three, but I'm going to share with you three things that I believe uh, brought him into this thanks and what caused this thanks and this worship to happen. So let's, let's cover the first thing that I saw. The first thing that caused him to come back is gratitude produces worship. This guy comes worshiping and he comes with a loud voice. Again, verse 15 and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. He expresses his love for Jesus for what the Lord has done. But church family, I'm not really talking about the outward expressions, but I'm going to show you this a little bit later in worship. But I'm talking about the heart. Something happens in our heart. His heart was gratitude. Because he had gratitude, he had worship. And I have found, not here, because you guys are so awesome. And I see the humbleness that you walk in and the things that you do. But there are a lot of people who are Christians, who call themselves Christians, that there is little gratitude. There's a lot of complaining. There's a lot of difficulty. There's a lot of 
uh, attitude checks that they need because they don't really understand. They're, they're, they, they know the story. Jesus went to the cross. They see it every Easter in a play and all the different things, and they're not really reading the word of the fullness of it. And what happens is life deals them dirty and they're ungrateful for what God had done for them. And what I mean by that is not, they're not mean people. They're not bad people. They do a lot of good things, a lot of works. Uh, they're, they're working in the church. They're working outside the church. They're good to their neighbor. But there's just this, this attitude. And what it does is it hinders worship. And it breaks this, this ability to convey your worship to the Lord. So what produces worship, we need to ask, is very clear. Gratitude does. This guy was healed, and he knew he was going to die. He knew what he faced, all the different stuff that went on in that day for lepers. And he had to yell, unclean, unclean. And the Bible tells us before everybody, he fell on his face before God and he shouted, he didn't shout unclean, he shouted, praise you. Because there was gratitude in his heart. Is it appropriate for this guy to do what he did? Yeah. I know sometimes you may watch on TV, you might be a visitor and, and you might look and say, Wow, look at these people raising their hands and shouting to the Lord and singing and dancing and, and doing all these things. I want to tell you, it's because gratitude is there because they understand what Jesus did for them and took them out of and put them into. You are a child of God, born again called of God to do great and mighty things for the Lord. So, is it appropriate? Of course it is. He glorified God because of gratitude. So to say, thank you, God, <laughs> is appropriate. Another question, is it scripturally appropriate? Would the scripture, the Bible, condone shouting? Would the Bible condone falling down on your face to the Lord? And I'm excited to show you that it does. In the Old Testament, let's go to the Old Testament. There are 11 Hebrew words that are translated praise. 11. But I'm going to show you seven of the words because these words are dominant and they are the primary ones used in the Hebrew language uh, to talk about worship, to talk about praise. So let me give you the first one. First one is toda. It means a thanksgiving choir. Sometimes it's actually translated thanksgiving rather than the word praise. But mostly, it's translated praise. The second word is barak. It means to kneel in thanksgiving. The third is tehillah, to sing a song of thanksgiving. In other words, to sing a song of thanksgiving, what they did this morning. Now, to pronounce it, that word correctly, it's Tehillah, not Tequila. <laughs> and notice, um, I've heard a lot of people sing after Tequila. <laughs> but it's te Tehillah. To sing a song of thanksgiving. Now, notice all those words have the understanding of thanksgiving. 
Let's go to the fourth. Halal. To give thanks by being clamorously foolish. Well, I don't want to worship God like that because I feel foolish. It's in the Bible. This word is where we get the word hallelujah. Wow. I think they were reading my notes. By the way, for all those that attend our 2 o'clock Spanish service, I can say hallelujah in Spanish. <laughs> hallelujah. Or hallelujah. No, I'm kidding. The fifth is yada. It means to give thanks with extended hands. You look at some people and they got their hands just raised as high as possible. That's yada. That is an expression of love being conveyed. So are you noticing a pattern of giving thanks? But gratitude produces that. So it's scriptural to extend your hands when you give thanks to God. The sixth Hebrew word is zamar, to give thanks with a musical instrument. I like instruments. And that's what they were doing. Yeah, they were playing a song, but they were giving thanks. When you're playing an instrument, it's, a thank, it's of a thankful heart. When there's an anointing on a worship team, it's when they're playing, they have a thankful heart, then there's that anointing that, that moves. Then there's that expression, that conveyance of worship that takes place out of the instrument. Because there are people that can play an instrument and there's no anointing. Because there's no thankfulness. The seventh word is shabak. means to give thanks in a loud tone. In a loud tone. Thank you! Amen. Notice, according to the Hebrew words, it is scriptural to praise, to shout, to extend your hands to God, to kneel, to sing to him, and to fall before him. All those expressions and conveyances of love, it is scriptural. It's not crazy. You know, I mean, hey, by the way, if you all didn't know, that was my wife in that spacesuit. And the Balutes, I don't know what to say about your son. I don't know what happened to him, but that was their son that was in that other outfit. So when you take these seven words, it's amazing that the very thing that we cry out and we ask people to do, it's in Scripture. Matter of fact, four of those words are in Psalm 100, verse 4. Let me read it to you. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, todah, a thanksgiving choir, and to, into his courts with praise, that's tehillah, not tequila, singing praises. Be thankful, yada, with extending, extending your hands to him, and bless, barak, bow before his name. So let me read it to you. Enter into his gates with a thanksgiving choir and into his courts with singing praises. Be thankful by extending your hands to him and bless him by bowing before his name. Jesus Christ is Lord. But that only comes in anointing and truth and, and a full expression of this love is when you understand what God did for you how he changed your life. He changed your marriage. He healed your body. He restored your emotional health. And because you do that, you come back and your worship is not, it's time to worship. It is a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. It's just saying, 
that you are conveying your love to God. Because you have such gratitude knowing God's love, you begin to become a person of this absolute thankfulness. So let me clarify something. We are talking about worship in this series, but I came at it in a different way. Talking about the church, talking about Lucifer's desire, talking about God's desire, and now this thankfulness, giving of thanks, which is the fullness of what worship really is all about. We're talking about that, but listen closely. I'm not trying to get everyone to convey or to worship the same way. This is how Pastor Dan does it, or Pastor Nolan, or Pastor Ryan, or Melissa, or Melissa, all the different worship team. They do it this way, so we got to do it their way. And if we're not doing it that, that way, or we're not feeling what they're feeling, then we're not really worshiping. I wish I could be like them. Now, that's great that, we, that we're mentored, that we learn. But we have to understand that God has gifted you. God has given you great gifts and given you uh, your personality. And your personality grows in, in, in Christ. But this gratitude, what it does is it pushes out what you are. When you become thankful, it pushes out exactly who you are and you worship. So I'm not trying to get you all to be halal, clamorously foolish every single Sunday. Or all to be Baroque and then every time you worship, you have to fall on your face or you have to bow or different things. That's not what the scripture or I or God, the Holy Spirit, is trying to convey to you, as we're trying to convey to you, is that worship comes out of gratefulness, and in that gratefulness, then you will lift your hands at times. You will shout at times. You will sing at times. You will get on your knees at times. You will fall before your face. You will dance at times. But the reality is, I'm not trying to just grab everybody and put you all in a ball and, okay, this is worship. No, we're a family. If you have siblings here, how many of you know your sibling is different than you? Right? If you try to make them like you, they don't like you. Right? Okay, so God wants you to like him. He's not trying to make you like someone else. He's made you who you are. And it's not the, well, you know, that's just not me. No, 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 no. When you become grateful in the revelation of what God has done for you, it's not about how you do it. It's where you're at at that time to do it. And there will be different ways of seeing. I find myself uh, in my Sabbath times, is I find myself there, you know, for a a couple weeks straight, you know, so I have a Sabbath every week, once a week. And I'm not going to go with explaining it, but the reality is, is, is each time I found that I'll go like two or three weeks and I'm doing the same thing and I'm just I'm so grateful in this area and then all of a sudden I do it a different way. I worship a different way. And I love all the books that are out there on worship and all the different steps and different things. I just want to tell you what the Bible says and I'm just trying to release you to be a person who understands that all of that is scriptural that we do But here's what I want you to get, is when you truly understand what God took you out of and placed you in, when you confessed him as Lord and Savior, be thankful. And it will change how you do things. It's, I don't have to go to church 
you get to go to church because you're thankful. You want to come together with your brothers and sisters, your church family, and to worship together. With all the different events that happen in our lives, the great times, and even some of the tragedies that we have, we have faced with you, that we, we have been with you that you faced. But you can come together, and there's no one pointing their finger, you have to. They're just saying, I just want to remind you of what God did for you. Even if you're in the worst time of your life. And then you'll stand there, maybe tears going down your cheeks because of the pain that you're in. But you turn it around with worship and say, Father, I thank you. I thank you. See, and, and I'm going to just hit something, and then I'm going to go on. The Holy Spirit's been talking to me about this for four weeks. But notice in the scripture of the leper, the one came and the other nine didn't. The other nine was like the church, and the other one was the person outside the world, the, the Samaritan, the Gentile. And he came. And he was grateful and worshiped in front of everybody. And he didn't allow, the law back then was if you were a leper, you had to stand afar off. And you had to yell unclean. Can you imagine how many times a person would have to yell that in the time frame of their sickness before they died? Can you imagine the emotional? But see, you know why it was that way? Because there's no cure. And if they got around people, they could get the same disease. So they're trying to do health things here. It wasn't about racism. It wasn't about, you know, all kinds of stuff like what we hear today that causes people to be ungrateful for what God has given them. And I challenge you as a church that you rise up, let me just tell you, you rise up out of this COVID era and become a person of gratitude and be grateful to God for what he is and become a worshiper. And when your brain wants yourself to move into complaining and what about me, woe is me, or different things, and someone's against me, why I can't do this is because of you stopped that because you had the King of kings and the Lord of lords that said, I called you, I placed purpose in you, and I will make it happen. But you, your works, by faith, you have to grab a hold and believe what he says and be grateful and worship him in the midst of your trouble. Amen? Are you with me? Can we make a decision? As a body of Christ, you're watching uh, on the screen right now. Can you make a decision in the other areas where you're going to watch us in, in Africa and different places, your church, and you're watching us? Can you make a decision? God will do what he says, what he promises. That's that revelation I'm talking about. We'll get there next week too. But I'm, I'm telling you, God said it, it's going to happen unless we grumble and we stop worshiping. I tell myself, if you look at my calendar, not my Google calendar, because there's other people that see it, there's another calendar once a month I have stated, are you grateful? Are you grateful? I do a self-check. Am I being grateful for what God has done for me? Not am I grateful for what I have I'm just thankful for what I have. No, God says, I will give you more than you would ever ask or think of. I plan on more than you could ever think of. That's the God that I serve. So it's not, I'm just thankful for what I have. You know, I have my 1975 car with 500,000 miles on it. I just thank you. No, that's not what it's worship 
is a revelation of what God has done for you. And you become so grateful that every day in your heart, you desire to worship God. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So I'm not trying to get you all to do the same thing. We're different. We have different gifts, different personalities. But you are the one expressing your love to God, and I gave you the seven ways of expressing to God. The main reason many people don't really convey their love to God and worship in a scriptural way is many people at times have grown up in a dysfunctional family and do not know love. And they're afraid of the word love because people have said, I love you, and then they rejected you. Their family did not express love to each other and did not know how. And the reason why people don't know how to convey love is because they truly don't know God's love. That's the only reason. I'm, I'm just going to tell you. I, you know, you could go to a psychiatrist and pay him $125 an hour, $150, $200 an hour. But I just told you in 15 seconds, if you want to get out of that dysfunction and understand the love of God, you begin to worship, become grateful. Become grateful. Because when you go in to the counseling, now, I'm not against counseling. We do it here. I had a, a psychologist on my staff for seven years in North Carolina. So I, I believe in it. But I believe in a counsel that will lead you to the one, Christ. Amen. And so I'm telling you that if you truly recognize what God took you out of and placed you in, even though there are, and I'm going to say it, I'm going to be real with you, okay, that there are jerks out there that are hurting you. There's stuff going on in your life that's hurting you. When you get out of gratitude and into ungratefulness, your worship will begin to diminish. And the power of your faith will diminish, not because of God's faith, but it'll diminish because we begin to speak the negative things about our lives. We begin to look in the mirror and say, we're worthless, we're no good. And we begin to live our lives this way. And so, so maybe I've just saved you $150. But don't, okay, here's a clause. I didn't tell you not to go to counseling. But I told you in the midst of your counseling, draw close to God. And the wisdom you hear in counseling, make sure it aligns with Scripture. And when you do that, you know what's going to happen? this gratefulness will produce a worship that will break every yoke, everything that is hindering you. It will break addictions. It will break depression. It will destroy oppression because you become a worshiper. Matter of fact, please hear me. You're in a new family now. You've been adopted into the family of God when you became born again. Valley Community is not a dysfunctional church. And you are not either because you are in this family. You are part of Valley Community Church and we're not dysfunctional. We are, we are so grateful for what God has done for us. That's why every one of us are important. In the Bible, we are the bride of Christ. Amen. We are the bride of Christ. Your husband is not dysfunctional. Who's your husband? 
Jesus Christ. He's not dysfunctional. Now, I don't know about your natural husband. (laughs) Matter of fact, your father is not dysfunctional, Father God. He's perfect. Jesus and Father God are not dysfunctional. Your family is not dysfunctional anymore. Don't allow the deception of dysfunction be your life. Don't allow it. There is a spirit that wants to follow dysfunction. There's a spirit that wants to follow poverty. There's a spirit that wants to follow. I didn't say go into people. That wants to follow addictions. And how you break it is to realize that Jesus Christ paid the price for you. He shed his blood for you. All sin, past, present, and future, have been forgiven. Yes, do we have to confess our sins before the Lord? Absolutely. You are going to heaven. Matter of fact, I had a conversation with someone a little bit earlier. Is Did you know that sins do not send you to hell? It's the rejection of Jesus Christ that sends you to hell. And we have to grab a hold of the reality, the power of what Jesus did. Even though I'm not perfect and I mess up at times and I confess that sin, Jesus, what he did is so powerful. I've been taken out of that condemnation and I am a child of God, a son of God because of what he did and I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful. Hallelujah. We're all different, but equally created in the image and likeness of God. I just want everyone to have such gratitude and convey with an expression of worship to the Lord. That's worship. That's worship. Now, so my question is then, what produces gratitude? Next week, we'll begin talking about that. We understand what God did, but what produces this gratitude? What, what takes place in your life and my life? What thought process, what thing in our heart, what really produces this gratitude? Next week, we're going to find that out. I'm going to ask you if you would stand. Many of you are glad that I'm a type A personality because I'm always looking at the clock. But I also know you'd allow me to move on if we needed to, led of the Holy Spirit. Amen? We're a family. And, and the last thing I want to say to you before I dismiss Uh, invite you tonight to a Bible study to recreate a culture in your life that you attend Bible study because it's very important that you get into that family atmosphere. In August, again, a lot of vacations people take. Great. Please do so. It's awesome. But you know, the whole goal that we have is creating an atmosphere that every aspect of your personal walk with God and with one another can be accentuated, can grow because you have that time. We're just not always running back and forth here, there, everywhere. And we have Sunday afternoon and evening to do something very special in August with those that we love. But I'm asking you, do you really understand what Christ did. Do you really understand 
that John 3.16, the one that everybody knows, for Father God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever, now understand this, it didn't say, again, the church. Say to love the world. And he created the church so that we could love and express worship to him and show the world God. Amen. So I'm asking you, is there gratitude in your heart? Is there a revelation in your heart? Or just think real quickly, are your conversations this past week or the week before when things weren't good or things didn't go the way you wanted it to go, did you just spew negativity and junk? Or did you go to the Lord and say, Father, I don't know why this is happening. But I thank God that I have you. I worship you today. I will not allow the outside. I will not allow the outside to ruin my inside. I'll say one more thing. I want to give you a, a, a visual picture of it. I have said most of my life, I don't know who I heard it from, I wish I could remember so I could tell you who said it because there's nothing new underneath the sun. But I always say to people, you know, I might go out into this world loving people, trying to do great things, having gratitude for the Lord, worshiping the Lord, and just allowing my life to be a blessing to others and for God to bless me. But after said and done, what happened that day, I always get to go home to what's established in my home. You know what's established in my home? Gratitude for what God has done for us. Y'all don't know my story, and you don't need to hear my story or Terry's story or Pastor Dan's, Keiko. Ryan and Melissa, all the staff here, the elders. You don't have to hear our stories, but here's here's my story to you. I got this. And in my home, there's joy and there's peace. In my home, there's rest. There's an avenue to where if I needed more of God, I could go into a place or go to my wife and she'd pray with me or go to a place and seek out God. But it's a place of laughter. It's a place where grandchildren run around. You throw them in the pool, whatever it is. But I get to go home. Let me put it another way. I'm out in the world and I'm working, I'm doing the ministry, but I get to come here with you on Sunday. I get to hug you. I get to shake your hand. I get to greet you. I get to greet your friends, your family, your your neighbors that you bring in. I get to greet visitors if I'm able to. What a joy it is. I'm so thankful for what God has given me. Are you there? Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I proclaim the blessing of our salvation over us. That we are well and whole. And we walk in this truth. And because of that, gratitude arises in our hearts, even in the midst of the stuff of life. In Jesus' name, I proclaim a blessing over this house, a blessing over every home represented here, 
a blessing over every relationship that is represented here. And in Jesus' name, I call out all over this place, cousins, nephews, uncles, aunts, grandpas and grandmas, all family would be able to see the power of salvation. Salvation will arise in every home. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you tonight at 6 o'clock.